Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. The following message was previously recorded at the Garden Church in downtown Long Beach, California. So who wants to move to San Diego? I ask you before I preach so you commit before you hear me. Cool. Yeah, so we, we, we've been fans and friends of the Garden for... Um, as long as you guys have been around, like John said, Carrie led worship at the very first kind of the, the Long Beach project before you even were named Carrie led worship at it. And, uh, it was fun days. We, we love it. We love Darren. I'm not sure there's a prettier pastor in all of America. Um, he's got the best skin ever. Uh, you guys have an amazing team. The, the Lord's all over your worship. Amy, you're doing a great job. You've got John. I think Jesus wonders how nice John is. He's like, how can that guy be so nice? Just have, you have an amazing team, and you guys are doing incredible things in the city, and we're so excited to be here this weekend. And um, we, like, like John said, we are back from Northern Ireland, and, and uh, we actually met uh, Darren and Zach, who were, came over while we were there, and it's just a great time. But we are coming off a year. We've been back, what, three weeks? three, four weeks, so we're kind of still jet-lagged, so we'll use that as an excuse. Uh, we're kind of tired still, but we, we had an amazing, amazing time in Northern Ireland. So we, we were on staff at Rock Harbor, and we were at the, just kind of in this season of like wanting to see the power of God uh, on display. We wanted to see the power of God. We knew we were going to plant a church, but we wanted to see uh, something more, and um, not sure quite how to access it for ourselves. Um, I know you guys are, are well, well further along in the journey than we are. So uh, we met this little uh, Glaswegian, a little guy from Scotland named Alan Scott, and um, he invited us to come spend a year with him. And it was just an incredible journey. And what we did all year is actually kind of a, a weird uh, introduction. So one, Ireland, it just rains all the time. Like we were there for a year, eight days of sun. If you like the hipsters, they, they think they love the rain. Go to Ireland, you really don't. Um, you can only sit in coffee shops looking at the rain so many days and feel good about life. It would get dark at 3.30 in the afternoon in the winter. Oh, I know. And, but it wouldn't get light till 9.30 in the morning. So you had like this narrow window that you actually were at work the whole time. So you didn't ever see the sun. Um, apparently, uh, seasonal depression is a very real thing. We, we were taking vitamin D sitting in front of a sun lamp. Um, but it honestly is the most beautiful place we've ever been. And God's doing extraordinary things at that church. Uh, the church we went to, it's Causeway Coast Vineyard. In the last 30 months, they've seen 6,000 people come to faith. Yeah, that, that's a wow. That's a wow. Um, 6,000 people, it's, it's insane. And, but it's a totally predictable outcome. They're not calling it revival. It's a totally predictable outcome. It's something that if you decide we are going to live our life every day in a way that points to Jesus, that shows Jesus and allows his power to work through us, uh, it's a totally predictable outcome. 30 months, 6,000 people, and it just makes you wonder what could the story be here. Uh, so I'm kind of coming this morning just excited about what we've seen and hoping to transfer some of that back to Southern California. I hope we caught some of that. Um, but I want to tell you a few stories. I'm not here to teach this morning. I'm, I'm smarter than that. Darren's one of the best young teachers in the world. I mean, he really, really is. Um, everywhere he goes, um, he, he, he's well-known. His name is, is well-respected. He's a great, uh, speaking of great teachers, Don Williams, how are you, sir? Oh, goodness gracious. 
That's all right, Don. Um, I love Don. Don has been a huge blessing to me and Carrie, and uh, we're so excited. Don, I'm just telling stories in Northern Ireland this morning. Um, so we, um, <laughs> so, so one of the ministries we got to be involved with was Healing on the Streets. And so we showed up, and what they do is they lay out six chairs every Saturday morning. They've done it for 11 years, and they put up this big banner. It's really cheesy looking, but it's Northern Ireland, and they're like 20, 20 years behind us, so they can get away with cheese. And it's got the Holy Spirit doves on it, and it says, Healing. And they just wait for people to come sit in the chairs. So 11 years from 10.30 in the morning to 1.30 every Saturday. They've missed two Saturdays in 11 years. They just wait for people to come sit in the chairs. They're not preaching at people. They're not even asking people to come sit in the chairs. They just wait. So I kind of wondered, is this going to be something? Like, is this really going to, are people going to come? And uh, every, every time you, that we gather and we pray, we kneel before, before the city, just in the middle of the, of the town hall. We kneel in front of the chairs and sometimes even before you're done praying, before you get off your knees, the chairs are filled, the people are waiting to be prayed for. Um, because they know this is a place where the experience, they, they can come experience the peace of God, the love of God, and the healing power of God. So just a couple cool stories. Um, we, uh, we were there, uh, one, I think we've been there like three or four weeks. So we are new, we're hungry, but we don't know what we're doing. I think we've seen a few people healed at this point in our life, but kind of going... I want to see more. There has to be more than this, right? There has to be more than great Bible studies. There has to be more than a small group. There has to be more than this. Like, there has to be something else. Where is this power? Where's, where's God at work today? So we, we show up, and we're on the streets, and these, these three teens walk by, and they're kind of mocking us. Um, they're, they're, as you would, right? If you don't know, you think these guys are nuts. They've got a sign for healing in these empty chairs and expect us to sit in them. But my friend Philip just kind of decides to engage him and goes, hey, uh, which of you guys has uh, 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 the athletic injury? He has a word of knowledge kind of about an athletic injury. Uh, and all the friends point to the one guy. <laughs> and uh, he's looked really irritated at his friends. So, you know, and, and I said, hey, do, do you want to get better today? And he goes, I, I don't, you know, I don't believe that, that I can be healed. I said, well, what do you have to lose then if you don't believe? Come sit in the chair and prove yourself right. So he comes and he sits in the chair uh, turns out he's actually a sprinter for the Irish national team, and he's got a torn hamstring. He did that a few weeks ago, and he hasn't been able to train. It's Olympic year. He's Irish, so he probably won't make the Olympics anyways, um, but it's the Olympic year. Uh, so he sits in the chair, and we start praying for him, uh, and, and he gets this kind of look in his eye, and he says he feels heat in his leg. So we said, well, why don't you get up and try it out? Why don't you try it out? He gets up kind of stretches his hamstring and just starts to jump up and down and sprints down the street. And he comes back completely healed. And he goes, he goes, what happened to me? Don't clap yet, we'll get there. <laughs> he goes, what, what, what happened to me? And we just say, hey, Jesus loves you and he just healed you. And, and I said, do you know Jesus? He says, I don't know Jesus. I said, do you want to know Jesus? Because he just introduced himself to you. And there in the spot, he opens his heart to Jesus but he's got these friends watching. So we, we go to them and go, any of you guys have any other problems? And the one kid, um, he's got a torn ACL and a torn MCL on his knee. So we have him sit in the chair. And before he can even sit in the chair, like as he, his, his butt touches the chair, he says he can feel, start to feel things in his knee move. I put my hand on his knee and it's, it's already done. So I said, why don't you get up and try it? So he kind of gets up, he shakes his knee out. He goes for a run down the street and he's completely healed. He comes back and he says, I want to know this Jesus. 
So he, he kind of opens his heart to Jesus to start this journey with Jesus. And then the third friend, we look at him and he goes, I don't have anything wrong with me, but can I open my heart to Jesus? Like, would that be okay? <laughs> but that's the stuff Jesus does. Wherever he goes, he heals. And he's here today. And I, I wonder, um, before we even kind of jump into the word, we'll make it a legal meeting. We'll open the Bible at some point, I promise. Um, I wonder if there's some things Jesus wants to heal in the room today before we start. Is that okay? And we tell stories. We tell the story of the ear infection being healed at camp. Not because it's a cool testimony, though it is. It's a testimony to God's goodness and power. But we tell the story because it shows you what's available. If God will do it for him, he'll do it for you. If God's going to heal that kid's hamstring, he'll heal yours. And we could tell you stories of heart condition. We can tell you stories of deaf ears opening. We can tell you... Blind eyes, we can tell you cancer. Uh, one really cool story is we had a lady who um, had just come off breast cancer and uh, just had a, a big tumor removed. As she's, getting, she's not even getting prayed for. She's just in a worship gathering. She's worshiping, and her breast reforms during worship. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> but that stuff's available. So why don't we do this? Um, we've talked about ears. If you have an ear problem, hearing, ear infection, anything wrong with your ears, why don't you stand up? Anybody? Anybody with problems with the ears? There you go, great. Uh, let's do this. Uh, hamstrings, knees, hamstrings or knees, stand up. Go, we'll do backs. Backs are easy. These aren't words of knowledge. I'm just telling you, we're just going to pray for the people we just told stories about. So don't think I'm like getting like special information from the Lord. We're not doing that. Um, I did have a friend text me this morning about uh, a skin condition. God wanted to heal skin conditions. If you have a skin condition of any kind, stand up. Judy, that's you. That's great. Cool. And then let's do this other one. If you've had a condition for five years or longer that you'd like to see healed today, five years or longer, go ahead and stand up. My goodness. Long suffering. So here's the deal. Jesus is here. He wants to heal. Um, so what we're going to do, if you're around people, nobody move yet. You guys stay standing. Um, I'm going to have you come around people. The, the thing is, is, is the, the healing's in the seats already. The people that are sitting here, you're, you're the ones who are going to pray. And Jesus is kind enough he's going to heal. So what we're going to do is, in a second, we're going to gather around the people standing, guys with guys, girls with girls, if possible. Um, ask really quick if you can put a hand on their shoulder. Maybe get their name, but don't ask a whole lot more than that. Is that Okay. Say, get around somebody, and we're gonna, you're going to have to pay attention and be quiet. If you're not comfortable, if this is really weird to you, that's okay, because this is really weird. Um, but we're going to pray. But if you're uh, sitting by somebody who's standing, go ahead, maybe look behind you to see who's around, guys with guys, girls with girls. We're going to do this quick. Get their name, and if you guys want to share your condition, that's great. If you're still waiting for people to pray, could you just raise your hand so I can see where you're at? If you're still standing, you don't have people around you. Don't pray yet. Don't pray yet. This is great. Okay, so we got their name. We got their condition. And we're just going to say a short prayer. You guys know how to do this. I'll pray out loud. But we're, we're going to take authority. We're going to command the illness to go and speak healing and life over their bodies. Does that sound good? So just a short prayer. Go ahead and go for it. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Lord, and we speak uh, healing. 
right now in your name. Uh, we say backs be healed, knees be healed, skin be healed, ears be healed, uh, hamstrings be healed, knees be healed. Right now in Jesus' name, we speak uh, life over these people. Lord, your life, your healing power right now in Jesus' name. So healing come. Healing come right now. Keep your prayer short. It doesn't have to be long. And we, uh, we speak against skin conditions now. We say, go now in Jesus' name. Uh, Lord, we speak healing to come now. Okay, go ahead. And uh, for the people that just got prayed for, just check it out real quick. If you can check it out, if it's uh, uh, something that you can bend, if it's legal, if it won't get you in trouble in the room, check it out. <laughs> and if you're 50% or better, give me a wave. 50% better. And don't be surprised if you are healed. Are you 50% better? What, what's better? Your, your wrist and your knee. Wrist and knee. How long have you had those problems? And is it all the way better? Just That's amazing. So all the way better right here. That's amazing. So why don't you go, and the girl who's standing behind you, why don't you go pray with her now? Give away what you've received. Anybody else 50% better? Go on. What's, what's better? Your knee? Is that Peter? Yeah. Oh, man, I was hoping your knee would get better. <laughs> Is it all the way better? Yeah. How long have you had that pain? Since high school. Since high school. That's like 40 years. That's amazing. <laughs> no, Peter, seriously, though, how many years is that? Uh, 15 years. 15 years. 15 year pain's gone. That's amazing. Anybody else 50% better? Okay, let's pray one more time. For the people, if you're around somebody, Peter, go pray for somebody now. And short prayer. Speak healing, speak life. Jesus is kind. He's here to heal people today. So, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are healing people already in the room. Lord, we thank you for wrists that are better. We thank you for knees that are better. Uh, Lord, but we speak uh, hearing to be healed now in Jesus' name. So deafness go, infection go now in Jesus' name, and healing come. Healing come. More of your power, Lord, right across the room. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. More. Okay, guys, go ahead and try it out if you can. If you can try it out. Go ahead and try it out. And if you're, if you're 70% better, give me a wave. 70% better. What's better back there? Lower back? How long have you had pain? About a month and it's completely better? 50 to 70, and did it hurt when you came in? Can you do anything you couldn't do before? You can put your socks on. That's an important thing to do. That's good. Anybody else? 70% better. Bottom of your feet? How long have they hurt? Five years. Is it plantar fasciitis? You should take your shoes off and see if you still have calluses and bunions. Seriously. There's one. Somebody just cheered.
Oh, that's amazing. How kind is Jesus? It's half death in one ear. Can you hear me now? Is it significantly different? What's your name? Ah, oh, Jesus loves you, Trish. That's amazing. That's amazing. When you, when you say you were half deaf, so did you have 50% hearing or in one ear? And does it seem completely better? Yeah. But you notice an improvement. Jesus, thank you for that. We thank you for that. And gentlemen in the back. 70% better. What was it? Left knee. Can you do something you couldn't do before? That's great. What's your name? So Tyler, we speak healing over your whole knee right now. What knee is it? Left knee be completely healed right now. You're about to feel a heat in your left knee. Holy Spirit, just bring healing right now to that left knee. Complete restoration. Every tendon, every ligament right now uh, be completely healed. So try it out. Cool, that's great. John, what you got? We're good? Good, good, good. All right, guys, anybody else? Great. Why don't you grab a seat real quick? It's not a bad way to start, right? John's excited. So, guys, real quick, um, because the hope here today is, is one, one, Jesus just wants to show his kindness. He wants to heal people. Uh, But my hope for you is you leave here today knowing every place you walk in, the odds change. Everywhere you go, the odds change. If you walk into a room that there's people with cancer, the odds change for the better. You walk into a room with people with bad knees, bad backs, skin conditions, whatever it may be, that the odds change for the better. Because you're people that carry his presence wherever you go. So here's the deal. With healing, uh, a couple things that are just really important. Um, for whatever reason, when we get people to try it out right after we've prayed, um, I think it's an element of faith on their part. Uh, it's just really, really helpful. Like, if you don't check it out, how do you know if you've been healed, right? If you just got prayed for and then you sat down and you didn't try to bend that knee, you don't know if you've been healed. So as you're praying for people in coffee shops this week, because you will, as you pray for people at work, as you pray for people at the park, uh, Ask them to try it out after you pray for them. Is that okay? Cool. And then the other thing is, healing comes in three ways. Sometimes it's all at once. Like that first time we prayed for somebody, um, I can't remember even what it was. The wrist. What was Maria? No, no. Blanca. Blanca's wrist and knee got healed. First go. Sometimes it's all at once. Uh, sometimes healing comes bit by bit. So we'll, we'll continue, like we could, even today, we kind of pushed on, continued to pray, and we saw a, a remarkable increase in healing as we pushed on. Uh, and, and then the last one is uh, we, we kind of see it as it comes. It, 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 as we go, it comes. So for some of you, uh, I think particularly you people with skin conditions, you're going to get home tonight and tomorrow morning you're going to notice your skin's better, right? That's exciting that that can still happen. Even though it didn't happen now, you can get home and it's going to be better. Um, but we're looking for healing, change, and improvement when we pray, healing, change, and improvement. And sometimes we're gonna pray for people and we live in, in this, this, uh, this world that's part of these two kingdoms that are raging. Don knows all this. Ask Don after service. But the kingdom of darkness is still is, is, is here and at work. So sometimes we pray for healing and we don't see it. But the thing is, we, we are so conditioned to the not yet of the kingdom. 
We're so conditioned to not expect healing that sometimes uh, we don't even try. So I wanna encourage you guys to continue to push on. Keep praying. If you haven't been healed, just as much as your heart can take and your mind can take, get prayed for. And the one thing we do know is that we're all headed for an ultimate healing at some point when we meet Jesus face to face. Every tear will be wiped from the eye. Every body will be restored. That's what we're headed towards. So keep pushing on. Is it okay? Cool. Are we good? Okay. Let's, let's open the Bible because Don's here. Um, Don, I would have done it if you weren't here too, I promise. So as I was preparing this week, um, what, what I really felt like the Lord was doing, um, so I kind of had a hard week kind of putting this together because I was trying to teach it, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me uh, yesterday and said, this isn't a teaching, this is a prophetic word for the garden. Um, and the thing about prophetic words, if they're really from the Lord and they need to be tested, I'm, I'm from San Diego, I'm weird. Um, you gotta test this stuff, but if it's really a prophetic word, it's actually the Lord's heart. And if it's the Lord's heart, it should happen. But it's something we have to lay hold of, right? There, every promise has a process. So if God's spoken a promise over your life, there's a process that needs to be walked out to make it happen. The Israelites were promised the promised land. And they, they could see it, they could almost touch it, but they had to wander around in the desert for 40 years because there's a process to the promise. Uh, so I'm get, what I feel like I'm giving you today is a prophetic word, for, particularly for your church, for this region. Um, and it's actually Acts 19, verse 20. And it's, uh, I'll, I'll read that and then we'll go back and see what happened working up to it. And it said, in this, in, in, the, uh, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely or vastly or quickly and grew in power. And uh, what I think is coming for you guys is uh, kind of an evangelistic resurgence. Garden Church, I believe that you are gonna double in size this year. Not transfer growth, not people from other churches, but the lost, the broken, and the sad and lonely in your communities. The word of the Lord's gonna spread quickly that you're gonna grow in power, that you're gonna be known in this community as miracle workers. People are gonna come up to you while you're doing laundry and say, hey, are you from the garden? I heard that church sees people get healthy. I hear they sick people get well. And what I think the Lord's getting ready to do is, is there's a concentration of his word and power that's gonna spread throughout here. Um, so I think there's gonna be a real heart evangelism and I know that, that a lot of you carry that. That's why we love the garden, that Jesus is doing things. You guys are seeing people come to faith. You're seeing people get healed. You're seeing all these amazing things, but I think there's an acceleration coming for you and this community in this season. And that's exciting, right? That's really exciting. You guys cheered when we talked about 6,000 people in 30 months. How about you double in one year? That'd be exciting, right? That's the start of that whole thing. Um, so let's take a look and just see what happened leading up to that in Acts 19. Uh, John, what time are we done? 20, we're good? Cool. So we, we've got Paul, he ends up in Ephesus and he's, uh, he, he's there and he, he's got his team and they're, they, they stumble across some disciples and they say, uh, so did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they say, we haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? We haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, when you believed, what baptism did you receive? And they said, we received John's baptism, baptism of repentance. 
And then, then Paul goes, no, 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 you, you, that's great, but you need to be baptized in the name of the one that followed him, the one that John proclaimed. He says, you need to receive the baptism of Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm sending another who's going to baptize you in fire. So the garden power is coming. Power is coming. It continues on, and uh, so he, he kind of talks to these. Then Paul decides in his everyday life, he enter, enters the synagogues, and you guys know this because Darren's a great teacher, and he, and he loves uh, Jewish history and, and the whole, whole story. And anytime anybody goes into the synagogues, that's part of everyday life, everyday culture, right? So when we see Paul's going in the synagogues and preaching, we can take that and say, okay, uh, Paul's going in to Rose Park Coffee Shop. Paul's going in to everyday normal places. He's going into 7-Eleven to get a big gulp. Any big gulp drinkers in the room? I didn't think so. This isn't the Inland Empire, is it? They love the big gulps. I'm from the Inland Empire. It's okay. Somebody just got really offended. But Paul goes into everyday, every, his, his everyday normal places and preaches the word of God. Preaches the word of God. It says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Well, let's go back to verse 10. This went on for two years. So there's this sowing. There's this hard work. You guys have done that for the last couple years, haven't you? Darren's been, and the team here has been turning you guys outward focused. That you spend your time in streets. You spend your time with the orphans. You spend your time with the lonely. You spend your time with the widows. It's been this turning outwards says they went like this for two years so that all the Jews and Gentiles who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. The whole province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Long Beach heard the word of the Lord. All of L.A. County heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken off to those who were ill. Their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Do you ever read the Bible and just go, that really bothers me? Do you ever have that? Or like, Jesus couldn't do any miracles, he just healed those who were sick. That stuff bothers me. Well, God was doing such an extraordinary work that the very handkerchiefs that Paul blew his nose on were taken to the sick and the sick were healed. If I blew my nose on something and you took it to somebody who was sick, they'd get sick. But God was doing a new thing. God was healing people. His power was concentrated. His power uh, was on the move throughout the region. Verse 13, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. This is my favorite part. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. They don't even know Jesus, but they're saying, hey, I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus, that guy who Paul preaches. I don't know him, but I see his power. Even those who didn't know him were calling on his name for healing and deliverance. The goodness and kindness of God was on display in this region, am I right? That even the unbelievers were saying, there's something happening there. Then, you know, you've got a few crazy stories where these guys gather, they're praying in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, and they uh, are trying to cast out a demon, and they leave uh, beat up and naked. 
It's in there, I promise, it's in the book. That's like a bad encounter, right? That you leave naked and beat up. Can't get worse than that. Praying for somebody in the park, you leave naked and beat up. That's a bad day. And you're probably gonna rest it on the way home. Didn't work for them. Didn't work for them, but Paul knew who he was and he knew what he carried. That everywhere Paul went, the atmosphere changed around him. It said, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number had practiced sorcery, brought their scrolls together, and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, uh, they came to, to the total of 50,000 drachmas, which would be like $6 million today. This way, the word of the Lord spread quickly and grew in power. Guys, what I believe the Lord's doing here with you guys in Long Beach is that he's ready to give you a regional reach. As you become people that know everyone, every day, everywhere, there's no place that's hard. That you know the presence of God goes with you, that when you proclaim the name of Jesus, not only will your, his name be preached, but he'll back it up with power. Don't you want to see salvation come? Don't you want to see schools changed? Don't you want to see uh, there be no more orphans in your cities? Have you looked at the numbers in foster care in Long Beach alone? Don't be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. So me and Carrie, we, 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 we landed in Northern Ireland dreaming of some experiences that would, would, would back the book up, right? Do you sometimes read the Bible and go, Does, is this stuff, is this for today? Is this for today? So one of the things we, we did every week, we led this outreach team. It was a team of 30, 35 people onto the streets every week. And uh, our, first, <laughs> our first time out, we're driving there and we're like, let's just not show up. Like, we're going to walk up to strangers and ask if we can pray for them. Let's just not go. This is stupid. This isn't going to work. You're, you're nervous. Your palms are sweating. Like, you're, you're like, oh, I think I got a sore throat. I don't want to get people sick, so I just won't go. And sure enough, we, we, we get out of the car, and the guy who's there training us, a guy named Scott McNamara, and uh, he uses the stupidest thing I've ever seen. If I'm really honest, he's got this picture he drew, basically, of Jesus knocking on a door of a heart. It's like this big heart, this little door, and Jesus knocking on it. And he walks up to people and he goes, have you seen this picture before? And of course not, because he drew it, right? <laughs> so if they say yes, he knows they're lying right out the gate. And then he goes to share the gospel with them. And I thought, this is never gonna work. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And carrying her first 15 minutes led four people to faith with it. And it's not the tool. She never led anybody to the faith before that. She's telling John. It's not entirely true, but it's pretty close. But it's just a tool. Anywhere you go, you carry his presence. The odds change. Anywhere you go, you carry his presence, and the odds change. And I think what the Lord's getting ready to do is spread power throughout this region, through your hands, 
There's a harvest that's ready to be reaped by your hands. But the question you have to ask yourself, do I want to be part? Do you want to be a part? Because look, I think for so long, evangelism has become almost a four-letter word, right? You hear the word evangelism, let's be honest, do you feel kind of like, I don't want to do that? I feel that way. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to do that. The Lord's getting ready to, to, for a harvest. The harvest is ready in Long Beach and beyond. The Lord wants to give you a regional reach. So the whole thing is, how do you get started, right? So I want to give you some super practical places, pieces just to get started. Is that okay? Um, so the first one is, you have to live it out, right? You have to live out your faith wholeheartedly. If you show up in the Rose Park coffee shop and the F word's flying out of your mouth and like you're, you're cutting in line and you're rude to the barista, you don't stand a chance, right? So the first thing is show up and live it out. Live it out. Have a heart posture of everywhere you go, you're looking to serve. You're looking to love. You're looking to do whatever you can. That one's obvious. So that's number one. Number two is you can't carry a fence in your heart. I don't know about you, but anytime I go out to evangelize or, or share my faith, I assume that I'm either gonna offend them or they're gonna yell at me. Anybody else carry those assumptions? Yeah, a few of us, the honest ones. What, what, what I'm doing there is I'm carrying a fence in my heart before I even start. So I'm on a back foot. I, if anytime you carry a fence in your heart, you're slowing and disrupting the flow of God in your life. So you wake up grumpy in the day. You cho- don't choose to be gr- choose to be different. Don't be grumpy. You're late for work, and you're just still going to stop at Starbucks. Sometimes it's better just to keep driving. You got to live it out, and you can't be a f- can't carry a fence in your heart. You just can't carry a fence in your heart. Uh, the other one is trust who you know, not what you know. Trust who you know, not what you know. Jesus will back up what you do. Jesus will back you. He's kinder than we can imagine. He's more generous than we can imagine. And he's more hungry to see people come to faith than you are. He's more hungry to see his power put on display than you are. So you have to trust who you know, not what you know. See, my, when, I, when I started going out on the streets and evangelizing, I had these little, um, this is really embarrassing, but I had these little pocket commentary dictionaries. And I kept one here for the New Testament, one here for the Old Testament, and then like a theological dictionary here. So I was ready, right, for those questions. But I completely trusted in what I knew or, or didn't know rather than who I knew. See, wherever you go, the odds change because of who you know and who you carry. The Holy Spirit dwells within you, so everywhere you go, the odds change. You have to trust who you know, not what you know. And then the last one is a little risk goes a really long ways. Faith, right? How do you spell faith? R-S-K. A little risk goes a really long ways. You take a little risk in the kingdom of God and it opens up a whole world for you and for others. But nothing comes without faith. If it's not a faith, it's of, it's of sin, right? So faith, you have to muster up the strength and step out and do it. So this week, what I want you to do, I want you to step out and pray for people. Five people this week. How many people can get pray for five people this week? In public, not Christians, not people you know. A lot of hands just went down. 
It's like, what, 100 people in here? That's 500 people that would get reached this week. Just five people, one a day, not even one a day. Get two days off. <laughs> and all you do, is you, I do this, this is what I do, and it works almost every time. Uh, I walk up to people, I say, hey, my name's Nick. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm out trying to learn to pray for people. If you act like a learner, they're like, oh, that is so cute. <laughs> that is so cute. Even like the hardcore atheists, they're like, well, this kid, I'll let him show it doesn't work, then he'll know. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just I, go out there with humility. Go out there, take the low position. So I walk up there and say, hey, my name's Nick. I, I'm, I'm out here trying to learn how to pray for people. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? And then they say no. They always say no to begin with. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. And they're like, well, why are you doing this? Oh, I believe God heals people today. I believe he loves you and he wants to speak to you. Do you have any pain in your body? And they're like, I mean, most people have some sort of pain in their body. You pray for them. And then you just say a short prayer. You've got like... 15 seconds, so none of those long-winded prayers. For some of you Baptist boys, that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> but you just go up and you say a quick prayer. In the name of Jesus, I command this to be well. And, and you speak against any illness, anything that's wrong in there, you just speak against it and tell it to go in Jesus' name. And then you have them try it out. And sometimes they're better. So here's the deal. We've seen more people healed than, than, than in the last few weeks than we had in our whole life. And it's not because like God's, doing something special in us. It's because we're trying. I talk to Christians and they're like, oh, I'm not seeing anybody healed and I'm not seeing anybody come to faith. It's, the reality is you're just not trying. I'm not seeing anybody come to faith. Well, how many people did you share faith with this week? Well, zero. Well, you're batting a thousand, you know, or zero, you know? So you have to put out the effort. You have to start somewhere. Uh, one of the easy questions for us that we use as kind of an entry point is we'll walk up to people and this catches them really off guard so you kind of get them off their back foot and they're like, oh. You say, hey, you know, we're just out asking people this question. Uh, if God could do one miracle in your life today, what would it be? And then they always say win the lotto and you're like, okay, we just prayed for the last 10 people like that so you're gonna have to split it 10 ways. Is there anything else you'd like prayer for? <laughs> and then, and then they'll, they'll, you know, Sometimes it's about themselves, but oftentimes it's a sick family member or sick friend. And sometimes they let us pray, but sometimes we just get to show compassion and love and mercy. While we were in Ireland, there were people we talked to in September that wouldn't let us pray for them, that somehow come May, June, they were finding their way into church. They said no when we approached them, but somehow they found their way into church just because we were kind to them. Our friend Alan talks about the anointed hello that uh, I don't know what, you, what it's like here, but in Orange County and definitely Orange County, maybe a little bit here, but people don't wanna talk to you. People aren't very kind. They're in a rush, in a hurry. If you just show kindness, it goes a long ways. Like, if you just show kindness, it opens all kinds of crazy doors for you. We, we just moved into this new place in downtown San Diego and um, our neighbors upstairs are, uh, they're really good guys. Uh, they're, they're, they're married and uh, we just moved in. They just moved in. So as we're seeing them carry their stuff up the stairs, we did the, hey, my name's Nick. Uh, can we help you? And they're like, no. Got in this conversation with them, and it was going really well. And then they asked us, what do you guys do for a living? I said, oh, well, we're starting a church, and the doors just shut, right? But as we went and helped them move in, the doors just got real wide open again. Kindness goes a long ways. Kindness goes a long ways. So guys, five people this week. 
Because I believe the Lord's promise over the garden is that the word of the Lord is going to spread vastly. It's going to spread wide. It's going to spread quick. And the power in this region is going to grow. I think that's the promise. But the process is you getting out and doing it. If you don't do it, it won't happen. But if you want it to happen, you've got to get out and do it. So how many people are willing to go for five this week? How many would do three? Okay, lower bar. J.D. Root just put up his hand. Just so you know where J.D. stands. Simple question. How can I pray? Or you walk up to him. I'm so sorry to bother you. My name's J.D. I don't know what I'm doing. Could I please pray for you? Just try it. Three people this week. And I promise you, you guys will come back next Sunday with stories. I promise you'll come back with stories. It might take you a few weeks to get your story, but you'll come back in the room and, and, and Casey will have a story, though J.D. doesn't, because J.D. only did three, not five. Casey did five. You're gonna have a story. You're gonna have a story of Jesus breaking in to the normal everyday place. Someone's gonna get healed. Some people are gonna come to faith. And once you've seen it once, it's yours forever. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he's revealed to his people belong to them for generations to come. So what we've seen is ours. What you've seen is ours. So we saw healing today. You guys all were in the room when people got healed, right? You can now go heal people. When Casey comes back and has led three people to the Lord next week and you hear the story, that's permission that you can now go lead people to faith. Thank you for listening to the Garden Church Podcast. For more information about the Garden Church, visit thegardenlb.org.